This is the Austin Life Church podcast. For more information, please visit us at austinlifechurch.com. Morning, friends, family, countrymen. Hello. Uh, my name is Mike Mobley. I'm one of the pastors here. If I haven't got a chance to uh, meet you yet, I'd love to be able to do that after the service uh, today. Quick poll, and you're going to have to yell through your mask. This is a participating moment. This has been a strong debate this morning. I didn't see this coming. What color is this shirt? Whoa, overwhelming salmon. Wow, we thought coral the whole time. That's no, no, boo. Deep, deep makes it core or deep. So it's pink. Okay, sa- pink, salmon. Okay, orange. Now we're getting ridiculous. Okay, all right. Well, I'm glad we settled that out. Uh, we've been talking. Thank you for your participation, by the way. Salmon is the winner. This is officially salmon. I know you're upset about it, but it's fine. Uh, we've been talking about the fullness of life. We've been hearing that a lot over the past handful of months and how Jesus is the fullness of life. And then what we've started to do over the past maybe four-ish weeks or so is to transition into what we call our practices of purpose. And so the way we define that are intentional habits that move us towards experiencing the fullness of life. Uh, Proverbs 16.9, it talks about how God establishes our steps along the way, which means we actually have to take steps right, as we do these practices to experience the fullness of life. It's not enough for us to just sit there and kind of go, okay, God, I do want to experience the fullness of life, and then just sit on the couch and just wait. And I think God often would say, okay, that's great. Let's get up. Let's start walking, and then I'll establish uh, our steps along the way. And so we started off talking about one of the primary practices is to spend time with God. It's to, to read his word, to pray and how everything has to start with him because it kind of makes sense, right? If we're not spending time with God, the rest of these things kind of, they're not really going to make sense. They're not really going to matter. We have to start there with spending time with God. And then uh, Stephen talked about uh, a few weeks ago, the importance and the why behind worship gatherings. Why the importance of us actually coming together week after week and worshiping together, how it matters to be here. Uh, how we can't just take it passively and kind of consume it every now and then, but with actual intentionality, treat it seriously and contribute towards it. And if this isn't taking place, kind of like spending time with God, if that's not taking place in our lives, we're, we're not going to experience the fullness of life. It's, something's going to feel empty. We're going to kind of experience something else. I don't know what that is. It, it kind of depends on what we intake. Whatever we intake, most of all, is kind of what we're going to output intake and output. Input and output. That's what I meant to say, whatever we input. So last week, Corey talked about fasting. It was another practice of purpose, the intentional removal of something good, and to replace that with more of God. So all these practices we're talking about, we're not trying to give you this long list of all these to-dos as a Christian. All these practices have been modeled for us by Jesus himself, And frankly, the way he's talked about it towards us is kind of like it would be second nature to us. It would just come out of our lives. It would flow out of how we live our day-to-day lives. So I just want to clarify, we're not saying, hey, do all these practices to be a Christian or to be a super Christian, right? Jesus has done everything for us. Jesus has done the work for us. We're, We're freely rescued and redeemed because of him. These practices are just a response. And so as followers of Jesus, the natural overflow of our lives, of course we would spend time with him, right? Of course we're going to worship, 
we're going to do things like fast um, and have other practices too. So I just want to clarify that. So as a church, we want to continue building on these intentional habits, like to practically put them on as a body and then take steps one day at a time, kind of believing like Proverbs 69, God's going to establish our steps along the way. We don't have to get it perfect. It's just kind of one day at a time. So I want to cover another one of those uh, this morning. So it's one that once I say it, chances are you're going to kind of nod and go, oh yeah, like I need, I need, I should probably do that too. But we give it a thought maybe when we first hear the word and then we just kind of move on with our day. It's just not taken too seriously. And I think in our culture, especially in our country, this one feels impossible. Like we're unable to do this all together. So we're going to do a little participating thing one more time. Uh, Let me ask you a question. When someone typically says, hey, how's it been going lately? Just how do we typically respond? Good. Good. I hear good. Great. Great. Any other ones? Hey, hey, how's it been going in your life lately? It's going. Going. It's good. Hanging in there. Busy. Busy. What? Fine. Okay. Any last ones? Robert, you got one from the back? Nope, okay. <laughs> He's so happy. <laughs> Just did that. Well, they're all great. We were looking for busy. I was kind of expecting busy to overwhelm the room. You all, you all had great other answers. That doesn't mean you lost that game. But we do say good a lot, whether or not that's a true answer. We do kind of respond with that. Um, but we're, I think we can all relate we're pretty busy. And so I want to talk about the practice of Sabbath uh, this morning. So... Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat that means to stop, uh, to cease. It's another way of saying it. And then there are other meanings of Sabbath that have it as a day of rest for the Lord. So there's kind of some different uh, definitions out there. I'm going to define it as Sabbath is rest for spiritual and physical refreshment. Okay, so Sabbath is rest for physical and spiritual refreshment. So if you would, turn with me in your Bibles to Exodus 20. Uh, If you don't have a Bible and you want a paper one, I was going to say we have plenty in the back. We do not have plenty in the back. They're probably around the corner of the wall out there. This would be a great time to go get one. Uh, For real, though, if you want to grab one, uh, if you know someone who doesn't have a Bible, even right now in this season of time, take an extra one for them. If you're missing an info guide, we kind of ran out of them. Sorry. We're, we were really prepared today. This sounds really bad, but come up to the front. Grab one if you need one. Exodus 20. What's, uh, what's interesting in this, we read the Ten Commandments. Moses goes through these various commands from God and says, here are the different ways we're to live, and he expounds on some of them, and then other ones he just kind of lists them out. Do not do this, do this, etc., But when he gets to Sabbath, he takes his time in explaining it a little bit more to us. So I don't know if that's because this is such a priority for us as human beings, or maybe because we don't listen too well, perhaps. But either way, Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11. That's where we're going to be. So it says this. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. 
For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he made it holy. So we get some pretty practical points here talking about the Sabbath, right? So we work six days and not seven. That God himself modeled for us this kind of a rhythm, working six days and taking the seventh day off. And so whatever God, this is just a good rule of thumb, whatever God does, and especially whatever he models for us, it'd be good for us to pay attention to that. Why is he showing this to us? So, and just to clarify, God didn't actually have to rest on the seventh day the way we're maybe thinking it, because maybe he was weak or weary. God doesn't get weak or weary. But the context of him resting on the seventh day is that he ceased from doing work. Right, so he, he just stopped. And so later on in Mark 2, Pharisees called Jesus out for doing work on the Sabbath, and Jesus responds to them in Mark 2, 27 through 28. He says, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So the Sabbath being made for man means it's actually a gift to us from God. It's a gift for spiritual and physical refreshment. And then in that we see Jesus tells him that he is the Son of Man, and since the Son of Man is over all of mankind, it would kind of make sense, and he would be Lord of the Sabbath. So, it kind of begs the question then, so why, oops, just pulled my hair in the back, that hurt a little bit. Why, why then do we have Sabbath? Right, like why did God gift this to us? It's interesting, I mean, we don't really talk about Sabbath as much. Like we hear Ten Commandments, it's like, hey, do not murder, okay, I shouldn't murder. And then we hear, observe the Sabbath, and it's kind of like, eh, like, okay, I'll think about that. We just, we don't, it's, it's just not really a serious thing we take. Probably the same thing with fasting. There's lots, lots of these practices. So why would we have it? I think there's a few reasons why. I think the primary reason is so we would trust him. So we would actually trust God. So one of the reasons we go a million miles per hour in our culture, we work I mean, sometimes 16 hours a day, seven days a week, it's, it's celebrated. It's kind of applauded. You're told, like, hey, you're, you're doing great if you can just keep going 24-7. The more we pick ourselves up by the bootstraps and we kind of get things done, the better we feel because progress is being made. There's, like, tangible progress happening. And I get it. I, I love getting things done. You can ask my wife about this. So I have this little app called Things, and you mark something off, and then it's like, poof, it disappears. It's a great feeling. The more you can get the poofs to happen throughout the day, it's nice. But what happens is the problem when we're running kind of ragged like this all the time is we're, we're really in control. At least the, the way we're treating our days is like we're, we're in charge. You know, I want to go 24-7. I want to do this. We're in the driver's seat of everything that's going on, and that's a dangerous place to be. Because oftentimes we forget about God when we're in the driver's seat. We don't need God because we're in the driver's seat, kind of getting everything done. In Exodus, the Israelites, they wandered the desert before they reached the promised land. And then God would make manna. Some of you may have heard of that before. Basically, it's kind of like a bread-like substance, and it'd fill them up. And so every day, they'd go out and they would collect that day's portion. But only that day's worth. If they got too much, it would uh, be ruined. But on the sixth day, God commanded them to gather twice as much, and so they wouldn't work to go get their food on the seventh day. And so like the Israelites, 
in the Old Testament and really similar to us today, some didn't listen to God. They kind of wanted to do it their own way. And then they wound up hungry on the Sabbath because they didn't collect enough the day before. And so that's not because we're going to go out and collect manna right now. But what that means is God wants us to trust him. Right? He's, he's going to provide for us in every little way. Everything that's happened today so far is because God has allowed it to happen and God has provided for us. We just don't always think that way. A great example of this is Chick-fil-A. And not because they're perfect. I know Chick-fil-A, I'm bringing up Chick-fil-A in a sermon, but, but here's why. So the fast food industry was valued in 2019 at $647 billion. Okay, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of chicken minis, basically. So you would think in an industry like that, there's going to be a lot of companies always fighting to get to the top and make the most money, right? It just kind of makes sense. It's just what you do. $647 billion industry, it's a big industry. That's why you see so much marketing for them. That's why you have a lot of them open 24-7 now, right? They never shut down. You just come by and get tacos anytime during the day or night. Chick-fil-A, as you all know, is open six days of the week. So they take off a whole day in this industry. Can you imagine if you were starting a company today in an industry like that, and you were kind of in a boardroom, and it was like, Jim, I have an idea. Here's the deal. We're going to only be open six days of the week. We'll take a whole day off. Right? Like that, that person's going to get fired today. No one's going to be like, oh, yeah, let's take more time off in an industry of $647 billion. That's not going to work. So at the end of 2019, Chick-fil-A was the third largest fast food chain in the country, and they're on pace to be number one. And they take a whole day off. So this isn't because Chick-fil-A is perfect. That's not the point. But it goes to show that being successful isn't about going 24-7 and never taking a break. Right? That's clearly not how God has designed things. If we're to be honest, the thought of taking time off, or when you hear Sabbath, a day off, time off, all those things, it starts to feel almost immediately impossible. We start coming up with reasons why that can't happen for us. But that's really a trust issue at the end of the, at the, end of the day. It's thinking God's really not going to come through for us. And so why do we have the Sabbath? Is, is to trust God. He will provide for us every step of the way. Another reason is the Sabbath was designed for us, as Jesus said. It's a gift for us. Frankly, because we fall apart if we don't rest. We've all probably had moments in our lives so far, maybe even this week or this weekend. If we don't rest, it's not going to work. It just, it does not work. There are countless studies. There are more studies out here about this. We don't have enough time. We could talk for a year straight and still not get all of them that show that working extra hours during the week never taking time off consistently, always having our phones on, that's a big one. All of them increase heart disease, stress, depression, and anxiety levels. And I know for a fact, for those in the room and those watching, I, I know we can relate with this. And, and I can relate with this too. I still struggle with anxiety today because we always walk around always being on. We're always on. For whether it's for our jobs or people or whatever it is. And what happens is our bodies and our minds, they literally get exhausted. They literally start to shut down. 
We've got to give, give ourselves a chance to actually rest and recover and honor God with the bodies he's given us. The irony with that is we actually would find ourselves being more productive and restful if we did that six days of the week versus staying on for seven days of the week, less productive and more stressed. It's countercultural because you would just think basic math is like, no, if you're on for seven days, you'll do more. Not, not biblically. And so if, we've just got to wrap our minds around that change there. If God designed us and he's designed the Sabbath for us, then he knows what's better, right? We're not going to last if we don't rest in him. And so we got to trust God. We, we, the Sabbath is actually for us. It's a gift for us. We don't want to reject the gift, and there's a reason it's there. And I think the third one is that we, so we would have no other idols before him. And so I know when I say idol, the second I say idol, we don't really think about that word a lot. I think sometimes it conjures up like a golden statue. So I know we don't all have golden statues. But a definition of an idol is anything that takes place of God in our lives. So anything. It could even be ourselves. We could be an idol. But anything that takes place of God in our lives as a priority at that point, it's, that's become an idol for us. If we work, stay busy all the time, right? We run the risk of placing whatever those priorities are, whatever it is we're kind of running ragged for, we run the risk of placing that before God. And in reality, I mean, biblically, we'd be making that an idol. And so I'd argue that it seems harsh, and it's, it's hard for me to still wrap my head around this today. If we're disobedient by not practicing the Sabbath regularly, whatever it is we're doing we're making that an idol. It's, it's sin. I mean, we should just call it what it is. It's easier to call it what it is, get it out there, and then we can kind of deal with that and move forward. And so it could be lots of different things. I don't know what that is for you. It, it might be work. It might be school. It, it could be, I mean, it could be different things. It could be money. It could be relationships. It could be you. It could be entertainment. I, I, don't, I don't know. But whatever that is, at the end of the day, this is about we put ourselves in the driver's seat. We say we're in charge, and really we're kind of making us God in the process. So I know we don't wake up and go, I'm God today. Like, I, I just, I, I get that. It's that wording is a little, a little tough, but in reality, it's kind of what we're doing. We're making ourselves God throughout the day. So by, by not remembering the Sabbath, we forget who's in control, and then we just start replacing God with idols in our lives. So God's calling us to trust him, he has the design for us to be able to rest and recover and actually even do really more for his glory, not out of more work for him, but just out of joy. We get to actually be more productive, and then we find ourselves less stressed by observing the Sabbath. So that's, we, we could really talk about the Sabbath for a long time. Um, it could be months of a series in and of itself. So kind of in a shorter summary, that's kind of what Sabbath is, why it's important to us. And so that's kind of like, okay, that's great. So how do I do this? Like, what does this look like for me? And so let me be first to say, a Sabbath is not sitting in your room and just staring at a wall for like 24 hours, which I feel like a lot of people think, and they're like, I'm never going to do the Sabbath. I can't just sit there and look at a wall. And that would be miserable. So please, I guess if you want to, you can do that, but please maybe don't do that. Um, you'll never do Sabbath again if that's what you think. But don't get so hung up on the mechanics of Sabbath that you need to get this exact 24-hour specified moment of the week. 
right? These are practices of purpose for our lives to experience life in Jesus. So don't get so lost in the practice that you actually miss the purpose at the end of the day, right? So don't get too hung up on exactly how it needs to look because we have to remember the biggest point of all this today, if you remember one thing besides Sabbath and chicken minis, things like that, is that Jesus is the one who ultimately gives us our rest. So it's not going to be found ultimately in a practice. It's going to be found in a person. So Jesus is the one who ultimately gives us our rest. The fact he's rescued us, right? He's made us righteous. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. He allows us to move through this life in a restful state. There's a lot going on right now. I don't need to list everything that's going on, right? I mean, we get it. But we can actually move through this life in a rest. Our hearts can be restful as we follow Jesus because he's done the work for us. It's only when we take our eyes off of Jesus and put it on something else, we start to get restless. There's a big difference between those two. So Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus says, we've talked about this before. Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I can't speak for everyone. I feel like that got louder. Maybe, maybe not. But I think a lot of us are heavy laden right now and really burdened with a bunch of stuff. There's a bunch of worries. I know there's anxiety. I think there's fear of what in the world is 2021 going to bring us. And Jesus says, come to me and I'll give you rest. He's the one who gives us the rest. We've got to remember that. Sabbath isn't synonymous with Sundays. It it doesn't have to look one way for everyone. It's going to be a little bit different for all of us. For me personally and for us, I try to shut things down and rest in the Lord a little bit more between Friday afternoons and uh, between, yeah, Friday afternoons and Saturday afternoons. But one of the biggest components to that is this guy during that time. Why we can set aside time all we want but if we just remain busy in that practice, again, we're missing the purpose. So here's the crazy thing that I've learned is this is, yeah. So Matt, did you know that you can go 24 hours without a phone and still go hang out with people and you don't, you don't need your phone? Like when's the last time you've spent 24 hours, you've literally left us at home and went and did something? It's pretty mind-blowing. It sounds kind of ridiculous, I have to say, it's mind-blowing. But even for us, it's mind-blowing. Like, we've gotten so used to this. This is one of the primary reasons that I don't rest or remember the Sabbath in the process. I'm, I'm always on 24-7. So I'm not saying that's the same for you. It might be. And so for a lot of us, it might look like ditching your phone for a little while during the week. It might be to stop checking emails on the weekends every two seconds, whether it's for personal or for work. It might be not refreshing social media all the time. Or maybe not doing an endless scroll of, you know, Google news articles. You know, I don't know what, it, I don't know what it's going to be for everyone. Some of y'all may work just round-the-clock jobs, and you need to set aside some time kind of dedicated here and there to stop and rest. And so the point is, walk away with thinking, I don't have to rack up exactly 24 hours of rest 
but rather the thought is, are you trusting God to provide your every need? Are, are you really believing he is your provider? Are you taking care of your body and your mind, or are you running it ragged all the time? And then is Jesus first and foremost in your life, or are you replacing him with something else? Those are the take, takeaways. Think about that. St. Augustine, he played a big role in the past of the development of Western Christianity. He once said, our hearts will not rest until they rest in Christ. Right? Our hearts will not experience this rest, therefore miss out on experiencing the fullness of life if, till they rest in Christ. And so when you think about that, would you describe your heart as restful or restless today? Think about that. What is stopping you from this moment forward committing to regular time each week to remember the Sabbath? What would it look like to put this practice of purpose in your life? Again, we don't want to talk about all these practices of purpose to overwhelm all of us, to make us think we got to do these 20 things. No, we don't. But these are, are for our good and God's glory. We go so fast doing so many things, we're just exhausted by the time we sit down. Sometimes I think we come in on a Sunday morning and finally sit and put things away, and it's like, oh, my brain has to like detox almost. It takes 10 minutes just to get there. We're going to wear ourselves out if we step outside of these intentional habits that God's designed for us. So I want to take a few moments here just for us to be still, just for a minute, not too long, and respond and reflect. You might take some notes during this time. You might throw something in your phone. You might need to make a call. Hopefully you don't have to check email. That would be missing the point. But there's a great book on this. It's a good resource. It's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. And in it, he has a great list of what it looks like to be restful versus restless. So while we take just a few minutes here to be still, I want you to look at the screens and I want you to reflect on this and look at the differences uh, we'll have up there in just a second. Do you often walk in a way of being restful? Or do you experience more of being restless? Think about this. Write it down, take a picture, just stare at it, whatever, whatever you feel like you need to do in this time. And just take a couple minutes here pray for us.
God, your word says, be still and know that I'm God. I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the effect of righteousness will be peace, and the result of righteousness, quietness, and trust forever. Let's put those back up on the screen just for a second. God, would you help us with our schedules to create margin to spend time with you? To not fill up every single minute with just something else to do over and over again, week after week. To know we need dedicated time to spend time with you. You'd help us slow down. You'd help us be still. Even if it's a couple minutes as we start our day before we hop on our phone and go crazy that we could be still, recognize you, be thankful in our hearts and out of generosity, start our days like that. Would you bring peace to our minds? Would you grow our relationships around us? real, meaningful relationships that we can be selfless towards one another, that we can be bold and courageous towards reaching out to those around us. There are clearly people you've put in our lives and you're calling us to love and just be friends with. Would you help increase those community in our lives, united community in our lives and not be isolated? to delight in you to actually say I'm enjoying spending time with God today that we crave it we delight in it we want you God that you'd give us clarity where we feel like we're, our brain is foggy and we're all over the map would you make things clear kind of like this morning would you remove the fog God, that we'd be grateful to not forget the gospel and not move on from it. Jesus, that we would not move on from you. If we remember who we are, we're still going to make mistakes. We're not perfect. We're not going to get this right. And frankly, sometimes we just deny you and you still love us over and over again. Your grace abounds. And so as we continue to keep our eyes on you, Jesus, that we would be content. We would experience peace and restfulness in our lives. And God, that we trust you. Would you please increase our desire to trust you in an unknown season of time with an unknown future? We have no idea what's going to happen later on today. 
We don't know. And that's okay. You hold everything in your hands. You are a good father to us. Would you increase our trust in you today? God, let us remember the Sabbath. Let us take time off to rest in you. Would you spiritually and physically refresh us as a people? May we honor you with our schedules and our rhythms to make you such a regular part of our rhythm. Saying something like the Sabbath is just obvious. It's just second nature to us. Of course we would do that. Why wouldn't we do that? Would you help us with that? God, I really believe there is more restlessness happening here than normal. And Holy Spirit, I ask by your power that you'd move right now in the hearts and the minds of us in this room and watching and listening. Do you'd immediately combat that with peace. Overwhelming peace. Peace that transcends all understanding. And would you continue, God, to guard our hearts and minds in you, Jesus? All by your power and in your name and for your glory. Thanks for tuning in to the Austin Life Church Podcast. To help support us, please take a second to rate and review us on iTunes and visit us at austinlifechurch.com.